consumption. Now, mm-hmm. why that impact is happening forces us to look at mm-hmm. the science. And here's what the science of influence tells us. Uh, there's a study done in 1955 by Lazarville and Katz. And what they propose is that when it comes to influence, it's a two-step model. By the way, this this will end up feeling more sinister once I saw those Pfizer commercials. Uh, just by, when, by the end of this uh, segment here. And this, this probably would be the most meat of why I'm annoyed with the situation. And that is, it starts with the mass media, and then mass media influences opinion leaders, and then those opinion leaders influence a group of people. So we see something from television, print, out of home, radio, some mass media communications, and then mm-hmm. it influences a small group of people, and then those people adopt the behavior and it reverberates within those groups of people. Later still, uh, 2007. Anyway, so take your booster, buy your season tickets. So are you saying that from that clip that it doesn't end just at the profiting, that really there's a bigger influence for um, the, a large voting demographic? P- perhaps. Or even just a sense of, of purchasing goods and products mm-hmm. um, in such a way where you're you're easily influenced because of look listen we we fucking people obsessed with the kardashians for christ's sake you know what i mean it's it, this is not a unusual uh and or new phenomenon where uh for example i guess i'm going back to the kardashians of selling um selling sort of health health remedies that are not at all healthy for your system correct but the notion of mass media and, and Really good marketing, essentially, is, is what's causing this. But that's all I have. I don't want to share too much. of. I think we've, we spent way too much time talking about this anyways. Uh, we should move on. Do you have anything for us, Savannah? I do. Um, so... <laughs> trying to think of the transition. Just talk about uh, it. Yeah. So, um, apparently, uh, Massachusetts third graders are falling short on early literature or literacy benchmarks. So apparently less than 29% of third graders in the Massachusetts public education system have uh, met or exceeded grade level expectations for third grade literacy, um, meaning they can't read. And uh, third grade is the prime year for reading. Um, if you, so it's, it is, um, it has been proven that a child, okay, I'm, gonna try to paraphrase clips basically i okay i cannot find videos yeah i i i don't know how you're finding stuff but i from a news article they say they link a video no video so (laughs) i don't have clips (laughs) you brought none none. oh my gosh all right well lesson learned son go for it keep reading stammer on for that level in literacy by the end of the year of third grade. They're not likely to graduate high school and they're more likely to have behavioral and social challenges um, in the future. And so the fact that not even 29% of third graders in Massachusetts can't meet that, and this is statewide for the public education system, like high school is going to be great. (laughs) Like that's just going to be amazing. and so uh, Massachusetts was saying that they're, they broke it down to the different categories of students that are having issues. And they broke it down to students with disabilities, 
only reading-based disabilities um, or something that affects your reading, obviously. Um, English learners, so English is their not, not their first language. Uh, students in low-income households, Latino students, and black students. Um, then that's it. Those are all the categories. And according to, this is from the 2022 um, National Assessment of Educational Progress, which is the nation's report card, which uh, reports on all states, how the public education system is holding up. And in 2022, they don't report necessarily third grade, but they report fourth grade. But they were just seeing reports of third grade because Massachusetts passed legislation um, where students have to be um, like evaluated for literacy skills twice a year, and then they adjust the curriculum depending on that. Um, but they've gone through so many different curriculum uh, changes that there's no consistent way um, of seeing like if there's even results coming out long term based off of one curriculum because they make so many different changes. And in 2022, the whole United States was evaluated for fourth grade literacy and it's been in a decline of three points since 2019, but that hasn't really changed overall since 1992. So overall, the nation is not terrible. Massachusetts is not doing great. I would argue that there, I think the whole education system is, we're all in pretty rough condition anyways. I, I World rankings doesn't, doesn't show that. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I think you're reading the wrong article. <laughs> like, I, well, I, I, I mean, let's be honest. It, yeah, we may be doing fine as a nation, but we're not out competing bigger, smaller nations. No, I know. Okay. Mm. Um, I mean, what's the difference between Massachusetts? Like, why are they struggling so much? And then that affects the overall nation. I'm sure that there's bigger issues. But then also, yeah, how does it compare to the rest of the world? Um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Riveting. Very riveting. Okay. Um, Do you have an opinion on that? No, you, you essentially summarize an article. So I, I, don't, I don't know how much... I mean, the only thing I could express is, ah, excuse me, uh, the only thing I could express is the article, yeah, it just seems to focus on Massachusetts, doesn't feel very big, but um, yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. No, but I mean, it opens up a bigger topic of why is Massachusetts having issues. But they're having issues everywhere. This is not, I, I don't know if this is just just a state issue. No, I know. So then, no, but it's, it's to the extreme. So Massachusetts is one of the extreme states they're declining so much there it's not even half of their their eight-year-olds can read right so then how does that affect overall state or overall nation and then why is an overall nation declining like what has changed yeah you know so th it, it opens up for a bigger conversation it's not just statewide but that's just their article that came out hmm. pretty interesting yeah no definitely um okay well, very nice. Sorry, I, I don't, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what too much to say about that, unfortunately. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds very interesting in terms of how the education system is structured, I guess, look more into it and see what you find. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it opens up of what, like, what are they basing their curriculum off of? 
Right. Uh, which is what, yeah. Which would have been another question to dive into. Would you like to move on? Sure. Okay. Um, well, I have one. Uh, and this is a little more, uh, big, maybe a bigger headline. Uh, and this is just this happened just tonight, last night. Excuse me. Um, we have the Israeli issues that are going on currently. There's a giant conflict, uh, and this it's probably one of the bigger stories considering it happened uh, just yesterday. Uh, we'll start with. Uh, I guess A. ...with nations that you cannot cross to. Israel developed creativity... Oh, I, I guess I should be specific here. Um, to start off for reference, uh, it, it appears that uh, Hamas, uh, a terrorist organization in the Palestine, has, in Palestine, has uh, essentially conducted a sneak attack on uh, and surprised, which is really odd because every news source I've listened to uh, seems to pretty much obsess that it, this was a surprise attack and everyone was caught off guard. However, this clip tries to explain it that um, I don't I don't know how much Savannah you dived into the Israeli issue or the 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 state itself, um, but it is I mean World War Z had a had a clip about them with these massive walls and zombies trying to scale them. They're they're pretty well fortified country um, for obvious reasons. I just find this alarming that they somehow broke through. So here's here's a clip. I think this is from Vice News, uh, explaining essentially surveillance state, right? Which they're able to find and conduct some counterterrorism uh, in order to mitigate some of the issues. So uh, here we go. It's endless. Excuse me. Become known in a wonderful business. It's endless. In fact, Israel receives more venture capital funds per person than any other country in the world, and has become known as the startup nation. To understand how Israel became a global leader in this field, we spoke with Israeli journalist and senior defense correspondent, Alon Ben David. As a very small community. Country in the world. Oh my, what is happening? My clips. It's endless. In fact, Israel received journalist and senior defense correspondent. Well, that didn't handle well. I'm not sure why it's doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the Yeah, it was more scattered than I realized. What essentially is trying to say that it has, and, and this is true, it is one of the most technologically available or um, biggest, uh, they develop so much good technology on surveillance systems uh, through cyber cyber warfare, cybersecurity. Um and, and and for some reason they weren't able to detect this recent attack uh, from. Uh, here we go. Israel's current political turmoil, driven by so coincides, right? I'm I'm spitballing. This this might be a different organization issue of how I plan this, but let's break it down. Vice News and and uh, Israeli mil Israeli cybersecurity systems, top of the line, and they are well renowned. Um, Pegasus, which is a type of software was used by the Arabs to hack Jeff Bezos's phone, which also led to, it wasn't necessarily leading, leading to the divorce of his wife, I believe. I don't remember. That's a good question to ask. Um, but this is, this Israeli technology was the reason, uh, how Jeff Bezos's shit got leaked. Uh, so it just, it makes it unusual that they somehow 
didn't have a read on um, these issues of what happened. So I guess I should start with, uh, instead of the order I had it in, um, probably break down the issue of what we see with the news explaining this. So here we go. I guess this is CBS. Tensions between Hamas and Israel exploded on a major Jewish holiday, catching the Israeli military off guard. By the way, it so coincides that the same attack happened not too long ago as Yom Kippur. Uh, Yom Kippur happened, uh, I think, a, a decade ago or 20 years ago. I forget the amount of time. Yes, same um, same attacks, essentially, yeah. and same breakout of war. So, it, again within 20 or 30 years, I forget what the time frame was, but it wasn't too long ago, around the same time. Israel won. I don't know. Um, plenty of people died. I mean, they, they're essentially, they're inching close on land grabs, but it just so happened to be that this attack was within relatively close range of the previous one. Not too long ago. CBS's Ian Lee reports from London. Gaza militants started their surprise attack this morning, launching thousands of rockets into Israel. Following it up with an invasion by land, sea, and even air. Social media showed them quickly sweeping into Israeli military bases and communities, killing hundreds and injuring hundreds more. This Israeli woman says she was able to escape an outdoor party attacked by gunmen. Palestinian militants attacked on multiple fronts. Videos of the aftermath show bodies of Israeli civilians scattered across the streets. During the assault, Hamas used drones to target machine guns, soldiers, and to even hit a tank. While captured Israeli equipment was paraded through the streets of Gaza. Now, what I don't understand about this issue, um, and maybe you can help me out with this, is... If you see the video, and I guess I could share it to you later, but it shows in variations of people. Uh, they say boats, um, planes, or by air, by sea, and by land, and uh, it, it follows up with. <laughs> I end up looking at the land, at the air issue, and this, these, the air attack, if you will, are paragliders. 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 Front those gunmen in the towns and cities in the south, guys. Rock, Rock just a, a, an incredible scene playing out there. The idea of armed gunmen going in. Can you tell us more about the power gliders? Power gliders, by the way. Power gliders. No, I think she fucked up. I think I think she said she's trying to say paragliders. Power gliders. Power gliders. Let's go back. Just a, a, an incredible scene playing out there. The idea of armed gunmen going in. Can you tell us more about the power gliders? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. I, that's a good question. We can look that up right now. Is that, was that intentional? No, 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 no. Oh, they are called power gliders. Yeah. Whoa. Because she took time to pronounce it. Like, that's not, that's, that's intentional. Powered. Oh, she mumbled that one. Powered gliders. Paragliding. No, 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 no. You hear it, right? That's a little. It's it's like a it's like a little turbine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cruising by. Anyway, okay, so, no, 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 and that's fine. That that wasn't my point. It was just um, just her wording. That's all. I said it. 
We have never seen anything like this before, Laura. When Hamas has tried to get into southern Israel previously, they have done it sometimes through underground tunnels under the border. They have done it sometimes in small boats going out into the Mediterranean and then back onto the Israeli shoreline. This morning, for the first time, they crossed by air in paragliders. It is not clear. But now he says paragliders. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it doesn't sound very accurate. Yeah. Anyway. Many of them, but these are armed, highly trained Hamas militants landing by air, catching the Israeli state completely by surprise. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu addressed his people earlier. Anyway, the prime minister goes on to say this is an act of war and whatnot. But uh, what was interesting about what I kept thinking about these paragliders coming down. Powered power gliders. Well, right. Like, how intimidating is that? Well, landing. You got to land. You got to land. And then what you cause havoc. And it's one dude. It's not like it's a unit of paragliders. That's what I mean. Is it like a no, no. Videos I've seen so far, and I don't even know how legit, but like, I'm just questioning what they are. They they don't look very, uh, it's just a single dude. Maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems very funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it seems unusual. Uh, Channel 4 News, this is the last one of, uh, um, of this. Well, this is not the last one. This is one of uh, two more clips I have after this. Um, they both slightly differ with, um, with their representation. Uh, I'll just play the clip to get it over with. atop a captured tank in Gaza. A coordinated and I love that dude's voice, but he's got like a dynamite type deal. Like just, uh, I wish I could have that kind of tone. atop a captured tank in Gaza. A coordinated and unexpected attack, a breach in Israel's security that it appears they simply didn't see coming. <laughs> that dude means businessman. Street battles inside Israeli towns, a stunning failure for the state. Their retaliation only just beginning in Gaza, the full consequences still unknown. In the early hours, they came by land, sea and air. All this footage from Hamas itself as it triumphantly declared the start of Operation Al-Aqsa Flood. The flood began with a stream of rockets. The militant group fired more than 2,000 from guns. So, the issue I've seen with this, and, and uh, I guess I guess it would just be me speaking about this, what I saw um, in, in, that, in that video, and I guess I could share, I could attempt to do a chapter art about this, but that would require more work. Um, no, no, no. It would just be a screenshot and then I'd save it as a JPEG. Anyway, the point is that they were, they were talking about that these, these people had gone deep into like Israeli territory, but I mean, how, how far, how deep do they, I mean, it's well past the border significantly, like almost to Jordan essentially. Um, but, but this, the Wall Street Journal, uh, reported something slightly different. The incursion fanned out into nine towns near the border with Gaza. Ima. In the city of Sterot, 
Palestinian militants clashed in the streets with Israeli police and military. By late morning, Palestinian militants began destroying sections of the border barrier. What started as a small penetration of the Israeli border became a wide-open corridor. But again, and this is where that clip should have come in of the surveillance, just let alone a cybersecurity surveillance system, these, these are the images that you might have seen. They're giant walls. They're, they're fencing that they've broken through. Um, there, there's a fucking tractor, like a, like a tractor breaking through the wall. I don't see how they missed that. I mean, unless they're just claiming that they missed it, but it, like they knew it was coming and then they just, they wanted it to happen for some reason. Well, this, this was a clip I found not too long ago. And, uh, this, this was interesting to me in terms of how this came about. Uh, it appears, um, well, I'll just play it. Israel's current political turmoil, driven by the most far-right government in that nation's history, has renewed the debate over America's financial assistance to that country. The U.S. has been a supporter of Israel since its creation in 1948 and has given it significant aid since the U.S. brokered peace deal between Israel and Egypt in 1979. Israel receives more U.S. aid each year than any other country, totaling $3.8 billion in military aid annually. However, there are growing calls to revisit that. Israel and it seems to be that they were going to do that anyways. Uh, remove some of the aid for, from the Israelis. Why, why do they need all that money? I don't know. I, go ahead. Okay, so they were planning to remove aid anyways. So then with this attack, did they remove aid? Well, no. Not anymore. Oh. What's the point now? Of removing I mean, well, they probably feel they need to give more. So, okay. so then who does that benefit? The Israeli. Well, the great question. Um, very various people. I guess we'd have to look into that. Uh, well, the government has benefited. Right? The government, sure. Yes. Well, not just the government, though, Savannah. This is also arms dealers. This is also um, American corporations, right? We work pretty hand-in-hand -hand with the Israeli forces anyways. Yeah, and if they're going to war, I mean, that benefits all of them. Correct. So then, okay, so then what are the odds that this was... That's where I'm getting at. Yeah, set up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this follows with the very end. Um, one of the reasons potentially why they why Hamas retaliated but again this still doesn't explain how they got through the barriers so quickly um, but this again might be one of the reasons this might be a little Today, long America's top diplomat called Israel's prime minister and the president of the Palestinian Authority and senior US officials met their counterparts in Saudi Arabia among the topics of focus could two of America's closest allies in the Middle East, Israel and Saudi Arabia, normalize relations? Nick Schifrin examines the outline of a possible deal and its implications. 
It would be a grand bargain and create a tectonic shift in the Middle East. Israel and Saudi Arabia have never had diplomatic relations. But today, both countries' leaders appear to want normalization, and the U.S. is actively negotiating its details. The broad outline would be this. The U.S. provides Saudi Arabia security guarantees, civil nuclear technology with enrichment, and advanced weapons. And Israel provides what officials describe as, quote, meaningful concessions to the Palestinians. Here's how National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan described the possible deal late last month. Peace between Saudi Arabia and Israel would be a big deal. It <laughs> would a big deal. Help create a circumstance in which uh, the countries of the region could collaborate on everything from economics to technology to regional security. And that would benefit the United States of America in a fundamental way because we have an interest in a more integrated, more stable Middle East where de-escalation as opposed to escalation is the order of the day. But if we're going to assume that potentially, let's just, let's just guess, because Hamas is linked to Iran, that's, that's the notion if, if you've ever heard of that. Um, let's just assume that Iran retaliated to make sure this deal doesn't, doesn't happen. Uh, and so they sent over, uh, we recently released two prisoners, three prisoners, I think, prisoners of, uh, from Iran and we did, it was a prisoner swap plus I think some sanctions that were lifted. And the argument from conservatives was that, oh, well, this money is being spent. Clearly this money went directly to Hamas in Israel and this is how they did their surprise sneak attack. But again, I just, I just don't buy that sentiment that everyone's saying that this is a surprise attack and that they broke through Un, unnoticed for hours prior to or afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it took five minutes and they broke through and they couldn't do anything. It, it takes time. Yeah. And the amount of people and the amount of resources that well, they had to compile for that, like just physically fleeing to that one location, do they not have surveillance? Well, well if you see any of the videos too, they're not armed. Yeah, so then like how much of a threat are they really? Can they not be could they not be contained? Like I I don't know. They are broken through or like I don't it's see yeah, see that's like really? Like you couldn't do that? That's it's just it's unusual. That's all I was trying to point out. Yeah. So it definitely is suspicious. We'll keep an eye out for it. Because um, this will be ongoing. I feel like this this will not be just a week long. Well, what their concern is that it's oh, I where did that clip go? That's very interesting. I have Israel clips, border conflicts. Uh, I got PBS two months ago. They wanted to return funding. Um, I ooh, I lost a clip. Oh, oh, I know. Hang on, I have a little extra. Mm, very interesting. Uh, NBC White House aware. Okay, so this is what the White House had to say recently. Let's bring in Allie Rafa. She is at the White House with more. Allie, obviously the Biden administration keeping a close eye on everything this morning. What can you tell us? Yeah, Joe, an official here tells us this morning that the White House is aware and engaged on the ongoing situation in Israel. They say senior White House staff has been up overnight monitoring this situation. And a senior administration official tells us that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has spoken to his Israeli counterpart as well this morning. Of course, Israel is a longtime key ally of the United States, the country's closest ally in the Middle East that shares our country's democratic values. And President Biden has said many 
many times he wants to protect this long-standing alliance that the U.S. has with Israel, especially because of what we know is at stake more broadly. Militarily, Israel is the top recipient of military aid from the U.S., and the president has faced pressure to reconsider the amount that the U.S. is giving. And from a foreign policy perspective, heightened instability in this region could escalate tensions in other Middle Eastern countries. So no doubt this is something U.S. officials are considering when crafting their next steps here, Joe. What better reason to continue funding Israel if not to fake an attack or and or to allow an attack to happen? Exactly. If the attack happens, they get more funding, um, especially, yeah, militarial funding um, from the U.S. And, like, especially... That's just, that's the whole trend, right? It's like we... We moved on from Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. So what's next? That is similar. You know, we need a war. We need something. You know, oh, if you have a war, you get more money. Okay, great. How do you start a war? You start how you have an attack. Okay, well, there's already someone, you know, or a group that it can be threatening to attack. So what if you let them attack, right? Next clip. Bring in right now NBC News Chief Phone Correspondent Richard Engel. Okay, Richard, uh, we are about 12 hours or so into this attack. What are you hearing about what's going on right now as it is unfolding? So I'm in Istanbul, Turkey right now, and the leader of the Hamas political wing uh, was here, and he has spoken a, a short while ago and declared this a, a great success, a great victory, and said that this will continue and this will escalate. And Prime Minister Netanyahu also said that this will likely escalate, and he warned uh, Hamas militants to, uh, to, to abandon their positions because all positions are going to be destroyed. Uh, so we look like, uh, it seems like we are heading to a, a military escalation, uh, potentially a, a full-scale ground war like Raf was just talking about. I've also been speaking with uh, U.S. officials, and U.S. officials are worried that this could escalate beyond just a conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians and could, in fact, become a regional war. Specifically, they're worried about uh, Hezbollah, which is a, a militant group in Lebanon that is very sympathetic toward the, the Palestinians, is also backed by Iran, and they are worried about Iran uh, also taking advantage, be it using uh, this as a, a moment to capitalize on. Uh, and this, there is a precedent for, for something similar uh, to, like this on a smaller scale, uh, and it led to a regional war. I'm talking about uh, in 2006, uh, there was a, a, a smaller incursion. Uh, the, the Palestinians captured some Israelis. Uh, there was a, a, a several days of, of airstrikes in Gaza, and then Hezbollah, to the north, in South Lebanon, decided that this was the opportunity uh, to, to strike Israel while it was weak, and we had a, a, a major regional war. So there we go. In my opinion, this feels like they've just laid out the plan for the next six months. Well, I mean, yeah, especially if it already basically happened. Right. And, and, and the re-explanation of, like, this happened not too long ago. Do you remember this? Oh, look, they did this last time. They might do it again. Right. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, that's all I have for that one. That was a long That one was a long one. That took a bit of time to figure it out.
um, you know, I've taken it back to um, people like me lying with politics. Um, voting, you know, do you remember that whole... Uh, <laughs> you know how to vote? <laughs> You're a voting age, you can vote, right? <laughs> um, you remember that whole voting scam? Or the alleged Dropbox voting scam of the 2020 presidential election about three years ago? Um, and how that's still being brought up as like you know, the w- a main issue from Republicans and it's, you know, Trump and his lies and, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the criminal charges um, as of recent. Um, so apparently in Connecticut, there were two mayors who are both Democratic, Dem- uh, Democrat, um, as Connecticut is a Democratic state. Um, and they are both attesting that, so they, they had the mayoral election, drop boxes, what state again? Sorry. Connecticut. Connecticut. And this was uh, yesterday. Um, results come back. One of them wins. The other one files for a an election challenge, and he has a video of a supporter of the winning party putting like stuffing ballots basically into the drop box. Um, and then the other, the one who won, then sends in a video of the same thing, but for the other guy. So basically, no. there are supporters who are allegedly stuffing ballots, stuffing drop boxes um, for both sides, and they have an issue with it, and they want to. Uh, there's a whole there's a court case um, to decide if the election results will stand or if they'll have a re like a re vote. But are they going to use drop boxes for that then? Wait, so were they using absentee ballots? Was that? No, this is. I mean, this is like in person so you you go and you drop off your oh wow ballot just in a drop box i mean we have them in washington right um there's only five states that have banned ballot drop boxes since 2020 um connecticut is not one of them they have really pushed back on banning drop boxes especially i mean especially with this connecticut has said stated they they don't feel the need for the drop boxes it's just there it's just a one-off yeah, it's like, you know, oh, it's just you're paranoid, <laughs> essentially. Hmm. Like, you know, it's not it's not the drop boxes that are the issues. It's the um, it's the people who are involved with them. So because the first video that was submitted against the winning opponent, it was the person in the video stuffing the, the drop box was um, one of his like. Was this in Bridgeport? Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I think I did. I feel like it didn't. I I I I didn't. Newly released footage appears. Time. Sorry. Play. It's challenger John Gomes, who's under scrutiny. Newly released footage appears to show at least one person wearing Gomes campaign attire, dropping envelopes into an absentee ballot drop box. The video comes less than three weeks after the Gomes campaign released its own video claiming to show supporters of incumbent Mayor Joe Gannum placing stacks of envelopes onto another ballot drop box. That video sparked an investigation by law enforcement and calls from the Gomes campaign for a new primary. Gomes 
addressed the video, saying, quote, these supporters affirm that their handling of the ballots in question was in compliance with the law. Mayor Ganim also responded with a statement that says, quote, in part, we can clearly see from these videos that there are serious irregularities by my opponent's campaign. This hypocrisy undermines their legal claims in court. And Republicans weighed in. Senator Kevin Kelly, the minority leader, says, quote, this confirms our suspicion that this is not isolated to one person or one campaign, but is widespread systemic ballot fraud. Our Darren Kramer, News 8 political contributor, Mike Cerulli, joins us now to break down the developments. Gentlemen. We're joined now by News 8 political contributor Mike Cerulli to talk about the fallout of these new developments. Uh, Mike, first off, tell us about what you can and cannot do when it comes to absentee ballots here in Connecticut. Yeah, so state law is very specific about what you can and can't do with an absentee ballot. If you're the voter, only you, someone in your family, a caretaker, an election official, or a police officer can actually return that ballot to the drop box. If anyone else does that, that is, that's against the state statute. So what's being alleged here essentially is that campaign workers for both sides, they've pointed fingers at each other saying they each have taken en masse voter, uh, absentee ballots from voters and put them in these ballot drop boxes. Do you think these new videos are going to affect the ongoing legal challenges here? Well, Darren, if these videos are authentic, then lawyers for both campaigns already have them as part of that legal proceeding that's set to resume on October. What deems it authentic? If you look at these videos, it shows it shows both campaign shirts, both stuffing. What what more do you need if these are uh, whatever? Well, the whole argument is that no, they did it under the, the they didn't correct. Under the law, basically, they did it on behalf of other people that they were able to do it for, um, like relatives or you know the caregiver or whatever. So they're stating that, no, it wasn't done illegally. They, they just did it on behalf of someone else, so it's not an issue. It's not stuffing a ballot. Right. But it's the fact that both of them... Both are accusing each other, yeah. Accusing, yeah and hey, I didn't win. What the hell? Exactly. And yeah. So, to the point that they're, have, they're calling for a re-election, right? So that's essentially the exact same thing that happened in the... Correct, in Arizona. But it was, it was blasted as, oh, that's... that's that's insane. That's yeah. ridiculous. You know, you're just upset because you lost. Sure. Blah, 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 even when there was evidence and that never went through. But now, you know, maybe it's just the fact that they're both Democrats, <laughs> same party, and it's only a mayoral election. But right. Like, it's just, but it just goes to show that that's perfectly possible. It is. Yeah. And it, to the point where they have to, they can't just write it off. Right. They have evidence and they have to have a judge decision on whether or not that evidence is um, valid. Yeah, we'll keep keep up to date with it, see what happens. I'm sure nothing will happen. In fact, it might just dip into it. But, I mean, it, it does keep open the question of do you allow ballot drop boxes? Sure. Like, when something like this is so easy to happen and it, and it can be written off so easily, like, there's got to be some other method, right? Correct. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Um, that was good, though. Yeah. I like that one. Um, do you mind if we take a, I got to take a quick leak. I got to water the plants. I'll edit this part out. It's going to go silent for just a second. Be right back.
All right. We're back. Sorry. Oh, yeah. They got a mouthful of water. Yum. All right. Sorry. We're returning. Um, okay. Well, do you have one more or should I wrap it up? Go for it. I talked about Taylor Swift for half an hour, so it's fine. Um, so apparently, the uh, Seattle ferry, um, you know, there, there's advertising typically on the inside of them for, and that supports, I mean, that goes directly back to the ferry. Also, did you know that ferry systems are, or the ferry companies are subsidized by the government into taxpayer money? Yeah, probably because it's it uh, depends. Like Bainbridge, uh, I know needs people often commute from Bainbridge downtown to downtown Seattle for work, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, um, I mean it's part of the like public trans- transport. The WTO, system. US so dot. WS dot. Tax, taxpayers pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your fare um, is not the whole cost of running a ferry. Yes. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. I see it. Big and red, um, and it's recycling, and it goes from one end to the other. Huge. And people are upset. Well, it's on the front of the boat. It's the front of the boat. Mm-hmm. It's the, it the which side? Yeah, right. feel violated and a red ad on that color palette is especially fucked <laughs> no one's gonna want to take their picture in front of that yeah sure yeah so hashtag coke yeah <laughs> it benefits um you directly you're not paying as much for a ferry especially if you're commuting every day or often um but then you just have to look at a giant red ad yeah no that that is pretty silly um yeah i'm sure they need money Yeah, the whole boat. I'm surprised the boat isn't fully tatted. They have that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, airplanes do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, why not? Do yeah, they? Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I think the smaller um, commercial airplanes do. Hmm. Can. I didn't know that. I feel like I've seen, I've seen them before, and I have no idea. That might be a charter that they owe, that they own. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's, I don't think I've ever seen advertisements on a on a plane, aside from like, UW owning their own plane. Yeah, that's true. I might be. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of cars. Mm. See cars are advertising generally. Yeah. Um, I guess that's typically just their company. Yeah. Anyway, so now we're going to ferries, and um, we're gonna have Coca-Cola floating around. We're gonna have rival ferries, Pepsi and Coca-Cola. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. That's that's pretty adorable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. So. All right. We'll wrap it up with some border crisis, man. We we have we have very different topics so far. I know. Kids can't read. Kids can't read read on just a single state. Cokes in the ocean. What was your previous one? Oh, ballots. Yep, yep, ballots. I'm doing the heavy hitters here. 
correct border crisis man i need to figure out a good labeling system um okay well let's start with chicago well as you have known uh, i'm sure you know that most uh, new york and chicago are both suffering from a large amount of influx of immigrants as of recently uh this one's in most recent uh nbc chicago and i believe it's titled uh i titled it uh building a wall Let's turn to some more news on this Thursday night. We're learning much more about the cost of Chicago's migrant crisis, the struggle to find housing, also the steps the president is now taking to reverse the flow. Governor J.B. Pritzker reverse is having the flow. A, Sorry. a big impact in Washington, demanding more federal help for Chicago. NBC5's V. Wynn has the latest. From police stations to airports to shelters, Chicago city leaders are feeling the pressure to find more money, resources, and space for migrants. We are upholding our values. We are operationalizing our sanctuary city status. Um, we are holding the line. More than 11 buses arrived today. The line. I don't know, sorry, it just her voice has been getting to me. I, I also played it quite a bit of times to edit this, so it just, I, I know everything she said. Chicago, with temperatures expected to drop next week, the mayor's deputy chief of staff says there are still no updates on when and where the base camps will be built. She says the city is also looking at alternative options in and out of the city to house migrants. We are looking at every single option. Since last summer, the state has spent over $328 million on the crisis. The city, at least 319 Other sanctuary cities like Denver trying to limit the number of new arrivals. They have now put out their own flyer to the border saying we are not taking any more. The Biden administration now authorizing the construction of a new border wall after seeing a surge. His administration said today it will also resume deporting Venezuelan migrants to combat the surge. They're trying to encourage people to enter lawfully in the United States and not unlawfully risking their lives at the border. In the meantime, Chicagoans are doing their part to help migrants who are already here collect. Ew. So he's building a wall. However, no, but then he continued to construct the wall. So hang on. Yes, great question. Order. The Biden administration is now clearing the way for construction of new sections of wall. And his pressure there is growing. Overnight, the administration also saying it will resume deporting Venezuelan migrants. Just weeks after granting temporary protected status for those who traveled to the U.S. before August, the White House now saying they'll remove Venezuelans who arrived illegally after that date. Venezuelans currently the most common nationality of migrants trying to cross the border, where illegal crossings are on the rise. The Biden administration now waiving more than two dozen federal laws to allow Homeland Security to install about 20 miles of new physical barrier between Mexico and Stark County in Texas's Rio Grande Valley. President Biden arguing his hands are tied because Congress greenlit the project during the Trump era. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. Do you believe the border wall works? No. It's a major reversal. Because he's not building it. What do you mean he's not building? He's not building it. So what is he doing? Right. Well, all that money already got allocated apparently, but th this is unusual. When when have they ever been like, well, the money's already put in escrow, can't yeah, touch it, set aside. can't touch anymore. Yeah, Sorry. That well, not even that. It's like here's the evidence that I don't think they're building the wall. 
The president of Mexico saying the Biden administration is not actually planning to continue the construction of the southern border wall. He says it's just a show. NCD's Arian Pazdar explores. Continuing construction of former President Trump's border wall. The White House this week announcing it will add around 20 miles of border wall in South Texas. However, Mexican President López Obrador on Friday says the Biden administration isn't actually planning on doing that, saying it's pure publicity. They don't want to build more sections of the wall. That's what they told us. Obrador's comments come just a day after high-ranking U.S. officials met with their Mexican counterparts. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and others traveled to Mexico to discuss immigration. We'll discuss how we can redouble our efforts uh, to stem the illicit flow of weapons from the United States into Mexico and synthetic drugs from Mexico into the United States. Contrary to Obrador's comments, President Biden on Friday again said the U.S. will build the wall, adding that the administration has to continue construction because the funds have already been allocated. Isn't that weird? Correct. Well, that there's that they're actually there's another article I was reading that they're going to send them back by plane, which would be very ineffective. But I thought we've always been doing it that way, that that's when ICE takes them in, they they fly them back essentially. Yeah. Um, but this feels like they're trying to sort of cover up a hole that oh we're stopping the border crisis. Look, we're building the wall. Because it works. But then you get Biden saying, no, it doesn't work. Why am I spending this money? Oh, this money's already been spent, so I can't do anything about it. But, but they're not building it. I know. So then what are they doing with it? I don't know. And then, so then, so they, they just, yeah, they just want to look. Hmm. Weird, right? And then by them saying, yeah, that's weird that also he would say that he doesn't think the wall would work. And then saying that, oh, we're going to continue building it. Because the money's already locked away. No, I know. And even if it was like a like a stunt to make it look like they're doing something, then are they going to then come back and say, yeah, see, see, wall didn't work. The issue still exists. Mm, there we but go. It's like, oh, our hands are tied. Right. You know? Yeah, we'll keep this up. We'll look into it. Yeah. And, um, oh, shoot, I had another question. She's saying long and hard, folks. Dead air. My goodness. Okay, well, at this rate, since we've already concluded, we will, we've surpassed the hour, which I thought we, we actually would hit. This is all part, we actually would have done under, if not right at the hour, uh, if not for Taylor Swift. So I, I, I apologize. Yeah, I won't spend that much time next time on this. This Maybe because I was just agitated by her trying to sell shit. Um, but yeah, that, that's all we got for you. That's it. That's all she wrote. Subscribe. It will get better, hopefully. Yeah. It'll get better in a in in a couple months, maybe a year. Yeah. It's just working out the flow. The kinks, clearly. Once I figure out how to find videos on the internet. How to spend more than five minutes trying to find audio. For research. Mm-hmm. Boy, you've been ousted by by your by yourself. Written articles. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You find articles that are bigger headlines. And there is always something said somewhere. That's what I mean. So if I go for the videos first, those are going to be the ones that have more yeah. um, about them versus a written article. I mean, And or finding other people's opinions to sort of yeah. find your point. That they're going to have something else. 
Correct. Um, besides just that news channel. Alrighty. Well, this was good. We'll try it again. Uh, I'll get my naming doubts. Fanta will try to fill dead air with more audio. I will. I will. I will be better. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't say that. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk soon.